0: Anna Robbins made an unlikely shift from Scottish law to costume design, which began as an attempt to satisfy a creative urge and then move back to something she says is more sensible. With credits like Perfect Sense, Your Highness, and The Eagle, Robbins is best known for her work on the series and film now, Downton Abbey. Like the series, the costume designer works to incorporate authentic wardrobe from the 1920s into the film but finer details can be seen in cinema that aren't necessarily noticeable on television. In the 2019 movie, the continuing story of the Crawley family, wealthy owners of a large estate in the English countryside in the early 20th century. In this interview, Robbins discusses her views on storytelling through costume design, how to adapt literature to the big screen through love, how to collaborate with costume designers on set, and the emotional mood on set while wrapping the series and film versions of Downton Abbey. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes and also check out the new YouTube series, also called Creative Principles.
1: Um, Actually, originally I read law at Edinburgh University in Scotland, um, which doesn't sound like a very likely place to then end up in the world of costume and film. But um, I I studied there um, and then I wanted to just get this sort of creative urge out of my system before I went back to something more sensible. And I then studied a performance costume degree um, and at that point just realised I'd found um, this amazing place that combined the sort of, like, academic aspect of of research that I loved so much in, in law, um, it combines it with something creative and artistic and then it threw me into... An industry that's very sort of team orientated goal orientated um with this just wonderful end product that I love um and i and I haven't looked back really um so i, I worked for a number of years in Scotland um, which is where I'm from and then um gravitated down to london um and have been designing for about full time for about ten years but you know i've got I've got lots of experience in kind of other parts of the department like i i'm a maker as well like i love making costumes and i think that that feeds into how i design because i'm very aware of how how costumes are structured and what's possible and what's not possible
2: was there anything about your history or growing up that kind of led you towards you know costume and wardrobe versus let's say painting or music or something what kind of led you in that direction
1: um, no, I think my my upbringing and my background was in sort of a relatively rural part of Scotland, and I wasn't hugely influenced by fashion. I wasn't very aware of it, and I and I I don't think I was um, hugely interested in costume, but I was very interested in history. And the sort of the the worlds that you could imagine from years gone by, um, you know. And I read a lot, and it was about. I think the, the the interesting thing for me was the storytelling aspect of costume and the fact that it was an element of um, of filmmaking that helped to tell that story and bring it to life. Um, so I think it was a kind of an interest in history, and then sort of understanding that it was there as a, as a career and as a, a thing that you could do for a living, which um, was a kind of amazing um, revelation to me. A bit, but a bit later on, I think, once I was at college.
2: Were there any specific um, moments that come to mind, like after you learned something and then you went and watched a film or a favorite TV show that changed your perspective on character?
1: I, I think it's when you take... a a piece of literature that you love and then when it has been adapted to screen that it's done successfully and you realise that it hasn't ruined your expectations or your love of the book. So, I mean, an example might be Atonement, which I think was done really beautifully and there was, you know, the sort of green dress that Keira Knightley wears is iconic and it's the fact that you could create something almost more iconic than the book itself, Um, but feeling like it was sensitively done and... um, And evoked everything that the the book and the literature did for me um, was a kind of case in point as to why it's so important to get it right.
2: Who are you collaborating with most? Um, Is it the director, the script supervisor, or the writer when you're kind of pinning a character and coming up with a design or a look for them?
1: Um, So I work um, very closely with the director um, and then, um, secondary to that, or, you know, alongside that, I work very closely with the production designer, the, the, the director of photography or cinematographer, um, and then there's a, obviously a, a sort of an overlap or a very close working relationship with um, hair and makeup. up um, So, um, it's a combination of all of these things and, you know, the, the kind of world that each of those um, creatives is in my my world sort of overlaps with them, um, and then importantly, there's the collaboration with the cast as well, because the, the the journey towards you know the full realization of these costumes is definitely kind of part of their preparation um, for um, finding their character, and I think the costume um, design is part is one of their tools um, for for finding that. That character, and um, so I work very closely with them in the development of ideas and um, in, the, in the designing of costumes specifically
2: How does that change when you work on let's say a movie versus a long form series like this? Obviously the characters are growing. Are you thinking of here's what they 're going to look like you know episode one here 's what they might look like at the end of the season how do those conversations go about
1: I mean it's sort of there's a lot of aspects to that and um, on the series, um, there were, were nine episodes in each series, um and it it covered a, a kind of larger period of time and there were hundreds of costumes for each character with which I could tell a story. Um on the film there were there were less story days and therefore less costumes, so I had to be um I had to be very considered um in each choice that I made and edit down um very carefully um, the costumes that I wanted to use to tell the stories within the film um but i built up a a lovely relationship with the characters in my head and the actors themselves um so there was this lovely shorthand that i was able to call upon when i came onto the film that meant i was already um working at pace and with that kind of um background understanding um as i went into prep um which was which was great um it then allowed me a bit more time to Sort of research and develop ideas for our new fictitious characters, and also to research um, heavily the, the 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 real life characters that we see in the film, So the royal family members. Um, oh yeah, the, the, I mean there's a there was the difference. There was a different approach um, to costuming the film because the costumes were going to be seen on the big screen. So you're moving from costumes that are seen kind of you know, a few inches high to being seen in terms of feet rather than inches. Um, And so, you know, you're very aware that a huge amount of detail is going to be seen um, in the cinema uh, versus um, the the television. And that's wonderful because it's great to be able to showcase the craftsmanship within your costumes, but it's also slightly nerve-wracking because those costumes will be under a much greater degree of scrutiny.
2: And this, I'm not sure if this applies to the film as, as well as the series, but how, how do you uh, collaborate and use original pieces? I've read that you I actually find some historic pieces from the late 20s to use on set.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. My approach is, um, has always been, um, on the series and in the film, to utilize originals where I can. Um, so these garments are, um, yep, yeah, from the 20s or earlier, um, and... Some of them are in an amazing um, state of repair. They're sort of museum-quality pieces that we could use almost as was. Um, They might need a bit of um, alteration to fit our particular cast. Um, We might need to add a a, a slip to make the dress a bit longer to get the right hem length length that we're after. Um, But it also might be that we found pieces that weren't... um, they weren't in, in, in perfect condition, but we were able to use the fabrics and then make something new out of them. So um, it's a real combination of using originals and then finding original fabrics and making new makes from those fabrics. Um, but the, the vast majority of the women's wear is connected to the 20s in some way, um, whether it's um, an original piece or an original fabric or even just an original button um, that, that sort of anchors it to that time. Um, Men's wear is more likely to be um, modern, um, a modern replica of an original suit, because the gents of our film are very tall, and the original pieces that are, are very rare actually, because they tend to have been worn out rather than than kept and stored, um, are of a different shape and size. So they would be used more as a reference for cutting, and then we would make bespoke for our for our gentlemen.
2: Do you see some of those original pieces as somewhat of an extension on the setting? For example, do any of the actors talk about that helping with the authenticity?
1: I mean, I think it's it's quite awesome to be wearing these pieces that are almost a hundred years old. And I think, you know, I think costume is a is a tool for characterization, and I think it can be important to actors. And I think when you give them something original, um, it's quite special, and they're very aware that they're wearing. Um, you know art wearable art and and antique antiques they're wearing something that could be in a museum um and i'm sure it lends itself to that feeling that they are transporting other people back you know the audience members back in time to to that setting um and I am a firm believer that these original pieces work well in the settings because the settings are old and the pieces are old and the the color the palette and um surface texture or material has a real authenticity to it that I'm very driven in my modern makes to find that level to, to 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 use those hues and that finish and that quality um so that you can't tell the difference between an old and a new make um if if you if you if you can't tell what's original and what's new then I've done my job well
2: Do you have a favorite look from the film or the series? Um no, that's a very, very difficult
1: question. It's like asking me to pick my favourite child. It's very hard to, to to sort of be objective. And, I mean, I have a handful. I I could probably narrow it down to maybe five top costumes, but to name just one would just be impossible. Um, I mean, there's, there's some really special costumes in the film. I think um, a few of my favourites would be the Queen's ball gown, which was an incredible process to make. Um, Lady Mary's ball gown, um, the sort of black and white beaded floor length gown, um, is, a, is, a, is just phenomenal on Michelle Dockery. Um, again, the dress that she wears for the royal dinner is a blue pleated Delphos, a Fratuni Delphos, and that um, is incredible. Um, I loved the, the way that that looked um, in the setting and the way that it moved um I really enjoyed the challenge of costuming the king and queen generally and um, sort of replicating these um, looks from photographs. Um, and the king at the royal parade with, with the, the about 55 elements to his costume that we had to tick off and get absolutely correct. When we did that and we dressed him on the day um, was such a fulfilling and rewarding moment that that's a favorite costume, even though there's in some ways less creativity behind it because we're trying to make something look um, very, very real. Um, The challenge of getting that right was a a very fulfilling process.
2: So you already mentioned uh, moving from small screen to big screen, there's a lot of finer details just visually because it's going to be so much larger. Obviously, I'm sure you felt a greater responsibility bringing this to the, the big screen as well. What were some of the other challenges, maybe you didn't expect, or differences between film and television?
1: Yeah, I mean, so there's the aspect of scale, and and um, and the aspect that, that 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 detail is going to be seen that would have otherwise been lost on the small screen. So, the it was a challenge, but also an amazing opportunity to. To have that detail more visible um you 're also more likely to get more full length shots in film than on than on television where you tend to be in closer most of the time so um I was able to kind of look at the costumes as a whole um, a bit more, so thinking about the the sort of full silhouette, the detailing on the shoes as well as the hats you were um, there was a couple of really good shoe shots in the film actually where you know, you're then really glad that you've spent, um, you know, the hours that goes into designing shoes that you might not otherwise see. Um, so I think it's the aspect of being able to compose the scene with a kind of full length in mind, um, and therefore you have the challenge of making sure that the full length shot is interesting and has the right impact, but that when you then go in closer, you're getting a different amount of detail that doesn't overpower the costume. So you know, the print level and the scale of print and what might be distracting in a, in a, in a close-up isn't, um, isn't overpowering, but then you've got enough impact when you then pull back and see something from further away. So there's different considerations about scale, I think.
2: Let's kind of take a step back for a minute. What do you think is the, now that you're, you're kind of from an inside perspective, from your point of view, kind of what is the, the big fascination with this series or with this time period? What do you kind of think led to the show taking off the way it did?
1: It came along at the right time this beautiful world, um, an escapism that was needed and I think needed even more so um, today um, where you have this really wonderful glimpse into another world that we're all very fascinated by and um, curious about and there's a sort of lifting the lid on a way of life that we know changed um, hugely. Um, just after this point so you're seeing it in its heyday the sort of its final the last hurrah of the this aristocratic way of life where people changed for dinner and dressed for the occasion and there's a sort of
0: romantic
1: glorious um, feeling to it that um, is lost in in modern day to an extent Um, and when you couple that with Julian's incredible writing and the brilliant casting and the performances of our cast. You've just got the ingredients for something that's very special um, and has real longevity. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's an alchemy, I think, making any production. And you can have really wonderful ingredients and then you might not quite hit the mark. But in this instance, all the ingredients were right and it it just came together um, to be sort of bigger than the sum of its parts.
2: I read, uh, I think this was around the time of season six, that you had some like embroidered evening coats and things you didn't really get to use. What percentage of items do you actually get to use, you think, overall? Like, I'm sure you have to have more options and for all kinds of things, from lighting to two people wearing the same thing and all, who knows what else. But what percentage do you actually get to use of the materials you find?
1: an interesting question i mean i will i will buy speculatively like fabrics that then yes might not be used and there's probably a kind of maybe 10 20 percent um where, which aren't used for the purpose i bought them for but if it came to something like jewelry and i found a piece that i thought might be great for lady mary and then it, it didn't work with the, the costume at the end of the day that piece could still be used on a supporting artist so there's a kind of recycling of things, kind of as you go, and the same might be said for a garment that I that I that I buy that isn't then used could then go on to crowd and um, gives great sort of depth and quality to our crowd scenes. Um, I probably commission more jewellery than I need because I like to have a bit of choice as well because it sometimes really is in in sort of last minute dressing that you make these sort of little final design decisions. Um, So yeah you you do feel like you need safety nets to a certain extent but I think it's probably not as wasteful as it sounds because the show as a whole is so big that there's somewhere else for it to go.
2: So you've been doing this for several years now. You've got a lot of credits under your name. Um, Downton Abbey is certainly blowing up. What does it look like for you kind of in between filming, in between movies or in between shows? Are you working creatively in other aspects, or how do you kind of uh, fill in the time between the films?
1: Yeah, no, no, I've gone on, I've gone on to do other jobs in between, um, and I'm very lucky. I love the fact that I'm able to go move between um, period and contemporary um shows um so i've i've done a couple of contemporary films in between um the series and um and the film and i've now moved on to a feature set in 1965 so i've got this lovely new decade to explore um so i mean i i've yeah i'm i'm fairly constant um constantly at work um i do love it um i'm a bit of a workaholic i think um, although I, I have a, a little boy now, so I've maybe been a bit more relaxed in the last couple of years than I was leading up to that point. Um so yes, I've 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 done a variety of things. Um and I think that's what keeps my um interest in the industry and in the jobs that I can do because every job is so different. Um I did a a feature called Wild Rose, which is a, a contemporary Scottish film about a Young single mum who dreams of being a Nashville country singer um, with Jesse Buckley and Julie Walters, and that was just a, a million miles away from the world of *Downton Abbey*. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, it's um, it's very varied and wonderful. I'm currently working, as I say, on this on a film called *Last Letter from Your Lover*, which is um, based on a book by Jojo Moyes and is this wonderful world of the wealthy in London and the Riviera, and this sort of lovely love story that's told as a series of flashbacks from a contemporary point of view with this, um, these characters that are journalists within The Guardian. Um, and so there's just some great storytelling and some lovely periods to get stuck into.
2: It sounds like you may have kind of surpassed this, but is there a fear of like whatever you'd call the equivalent of typecasting in your business? Like if you do, you know, too many things in the twenties, would people start to think that you're almost like an historian of that era, or are you purposely looking to expand out or how did you kind of avoid that possibility of being stuck in one one uh smaller niche?
1: Yeah, I, I think um you possibly could niche yourself if you if you stay within the world of period, I don't know if you'd necessarily get stuck in a decade. I mean, I think I'm going to be stuck in the 20s forever because it's a, it's going to become a lifelong love affair with all things 20s. Even when I'm shopping for um, new periods, I still get drawn to 1920s clothing because I just love it so much. Um, but I don't think it necessarily um, pigeonholes you in that way. But I think you could probably specialise in period and not be seen as a contemporary designer and vice versa. Um, And so I think that's why I feel quite lucky that at the moment I'm managing to straddle that divide and do both.
2: So I know, like, as a series for fans, this is kind of the end of an era, especially the, the series ended now with the film. What is it kind of like on set for you guys? How was it? How emotional was it? What kind of, how did you kind of wrap up everything?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when we wrapped the series, it was emotional, but there was definitely this sort of hope and desire for a film. Whether it came off, you know, we weren't very sure, but there was, there, there was this feeling that it perhaps wasn't quite over, and so it didn't feel as final. Um, and then when we all got back together for the film, there was this lovely sense of reunion um, and this just a wonderful shoot where we were all back together again. Um, but wrapping the feature was harder because there was, a, there was more of a sense of finality about it. Um and we'd all been looking forward to the film and then it was sort of over in the blink of an eye. So yeah, emotional times but but it's just a really wonderful experience to to kind of come home to Downton and get to work on it again.
0: Thank you for tuning into the show. If this is your first time listening, please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the new YouTube series we've started and check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.